0: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
1: Your guide on the side.
0: Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter.
1: At Dr. Matt Show.
0: Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU.
1: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
0: Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio.
1: BYU Radio.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here. Your coach, your guide on the side. Giving you the ideas, the tools, everything you need to grow a healthier, happier life—that is the goal of the show. Not just to, you know, give you the latest and greatest news, but we also want you to uh, get the tools you need to grow a healthier, happier life. Today, man, got some great topics underway. We're going to be talking about internet security with the uh, the whole fiasco from the Ashley Madison, um, it's, you know, security breach where. 35-ish million names of people who were trying to, I guess, sign up for uh, an affair. If you're married and you want an affair, they go to the site. Well, they put their names down, credit card information, starts, you know, searching. But lo and behold, hackers get in, expose the names, and now we're finding people (laughs) all over the country uh, that we're on the site. Well, okay, that's horrible. Can't stand the idea of that company. I think it's horrible. But now all of a sudden, there's this idea that if a hacker doesn't believe in what you value, I guess they can just hack your site, find out everybody that's following you, extort money, or expose your names. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. It's a crazy world we're living in. And so uh, in a few minutes, we're going to be talking about Internet security and, uh, and talk about really what is left and what is realistic. What can you expect when it comes to your identity, when it comes to the Internet? Is there any more privacy? Adam Levin will be joining us. He's going to walk us through that. He's a consumer advocate with more, to, more than 30 years' experience, and he's going to basically walk us through what we should be doing in this crazy world to make sure that we're not exposing our identities. Here's another crazy thing. In fact, this is an important one, Ben, for you. Um, I, I've decided I'm going to start giving little life tips. What, what's wrong? I don't know.
1: Just, all, all of their life tips have no, like these, been like marriage No, 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 okay.
2: no. My life tips will be about just everything in life. So this is Matt's life tip number one. Okay. And I go. don't know. I don't, actually don't want it number one because there's, there's bigger ones than this one. But I just learned this today. So um, let me give you the name of the tip and then I'll just explain it. So Matt's life tip number one. Don't peel a hard boiled egg with one hand out your window while driving and getting on the freeway.
1: You're bound to lose the egg. I, I was wondering why it kept slipping out of my hand, but did you have you tried that? Well, every morning. So
2: I left this morning. Oh you did? I left this morning, uh, basically, my wife basically handed me two hard-boiled eggs. There's your breakfast. Drive safely. And, you know, the problem is you got to peel the hard-boiled egg. And I was really hungry. So I started peeling, but I didn't want to peel it in my car because that would just make a mess. So, So I stick my hand out the window, start banging the egg on the side of the car to crack the shell, and just start peeling with one hand, which shouldn't be a hard thing. But at forty miles an hour, it's hard. It's harder than you think.
1: I didn't know this was a personal story. I thought it was like from no from the crazy news you look up. The- no, no,
2: no. A lot of my tips are are going to be personal. Oh, okay. My life tips are going to be personal. Anyway, I peeled half of it. Then the egg gets very slippery, and then I lost it. it. Just slipped right out of my hand. So if anybody's getting on I-15, and you see an egg right there, it's mine. Just a life tip brought to you by Matt Townsend. I'm doing what I can to help you. We're going to teach you about internet security. We're also going to teach you about peeling hard-boiled eggs. That's what we try to do on the show. Give you the best of everything. But uh, anyway, that's all I got. That's all I got. Are you going to use my lesson? I mean, I'm not going to keep doing these if you're not
1: going to use them. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to lose my hard-boiled egg anymore, so...
2: Yeah. Smart. Well, let's go to uh, let's 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 get to our headlines. Let's go to Kathy Aiken and her week in review.
0: Good morning, everyone. Shannon Miles was arraigned on capital murder charges Monday. Miles was charged in the death of Texas Deputy Darren Goforth, allegedly shooting him 15 times at a gas station. Here's Harris County Sheriff Ron Hickman.
2: We've heard black lives matter. All lives matter. Well, cops lives matter, too. So why don't we just drop the qualifier and just say lives matter.
0: Miles is being held without bond. President Obama arrived in Alaska on Monday to speak on the impact of climate change. The trip was the first by a sitting president. Speaking of Alaska, the president had the name of Mount McKinley changed to Denali. That made Alaska natives happy but angered Ohio lawmakers. McKinley, the 25th president, was from Ohio. A manhunt was underway Wednesday after Charles Glenowitz was shot and killed while pursuing three suspects in northern Chicago. Here's Fox Lake Mayor Donnie Schmidt.
3: Not only did Fox Lake lose a family member, I lost a very dear friend. Understandably, our officers are having
0: a very difficult day today. This was the fourth police death in eight days. A new poll early this week showed Bernie Sanders gaining ground on Hillary Clinton. Clinton's lead on Sanders is now just seven percentage points. Another poll showed Ben Carson in a tie with Donald Trump on the GOP side. The next GOP debate is set for the 16th at the Reagan Library. Make it Tom Brady 1, the NFL 0. Brady won his appeal of a four-game suspension handed out by NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and will play in the Patriots' season opener next Thursday. Judge Richard Berman said Goodell went too far in suspending Brady four games for deflate-gate. Kentucky County Clerk Kim Davis refused to order same sex marriage licenses on Tuesday despite an order from the Supreme Court to do so. We are not issuing marriage licenses today, so Based I on would, what? I would ask you all. Why to are you not issuing marriage
4: licenses today? Under whose authority, authority? authority? Are you not issuing Under licenses?
5: I'm asking you to leave.
4: I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. Okay. We're not leaving then until you're we have a
5: license.
0: Davis was in court yesterday after refusing to issue the licenses throughout the week. President Obama secured that his Iran nuclear deal will pass after Maryland Democratic Senator Barbara Mikulski said she'll vote for the accord. Thirty-four senators are needed to back an Obama veto. Over 7,000 emails from Hillary Clinton's private email server were released by the State Department earlier this week. Over 100 of those are now considered classified. But Clinton says none were classified when they were sent. Here's Clinton on the email issue. It clearly wasn't the best choice. I should have used two emails, one personal, one uh, for work. um, And I take responsibility for that decision. Yesterday, a hacker said he has thousands of Clinton's emails and is reportedly selling them for $500,000. Wes Craven, the man best known for Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream movies, died from brain cancer. He was 76 years old. And self help guru Dr. Wayne Dyer also passed away. He was 75. Taylor Swift was the big winner at the MTV Video Music Awards. She took home four awards, including Top Video of the Year. Swift was also reunited on stage with Kanye West, who snatched the microphone from her six years ago. West also made this announcement while on stage.
5: And yes, as you probably could have guessed by this moment, I have decided in 2020 to run for president.
0: No word yet on a running mate. August will go down as the Dow's worst month in five years. The Dow closed out the biggest monthly percentage drop since May of 2010. U.S. oil prices, meanwhile, inched back to nearly $50 a barrel. One Marine was killed and nine others injured Wednesday night when their helicopter made a hard landing. It was during a training exercise at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. And a Baltimore judge refused to dismiss charges against six police officers who were accused in the death of Freddie Gray. During the pre-trial hearing, Circuit Court Judge Barry Williams denied a defense motion for the charges to be dropped. Gray died while in police custody back in April. With the weekend Review, I'm Kathy.
2: Thank you, Kathy. Appreciate it. Man, a lot gone on this week, hasn't it? And we also gave you the pill, the hard-boiled egg tip of the week. Um, interesting stuff, folks. Again, this is a crazy day that we're living in, a uh, crazy time. And when it comes to Internet safety, when it comes to your future and your future security, you got to be careful, right? Tons of stories out about uh you know, consumer fraud and also just losing your identity, identity theft. We're gonna be talking to an expert on it. Adam K. Levin will be joining us in just a few minutes. He is the author of the book Swiped, How to Protect Yourself in the World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity Identity Thieves. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back talking security on the internet. welcome back friends to the Matt Townsend show you know increasingly identity identity theft is a fact of life and we might have uh, once hoped to protect ourselves from all of this stuff that's going on from the hackers you know from people phishing and stealing uh, your important information online but in the end that's getting uh, that's getting a lot tougher and it might even just be impossible to really protect yourself. So we wanted to bring in a True Blue expert. Joining us today is Adam K. Levin. He is the author of the book, Swiped, How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity Thieves. And hopefully he can enlighten us on this subject. Adam, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show.
6: Hi, Matt. Thanks for the invite. You bet. Happy almost Labor Day.
2: I know. Isn't that great? Time to take a break. Hey, uh, talk to us about this. I mean, with the whole Ashley Madison scam, you hear the White House Uh, You know, the the people are breaking in and actually accessing private records of the White House. If the White House can't keep their records secure, are any of us safe?
6: I don't think we really are. I mean, I think we're living in a world where breaches have become the third certainty in life. (laughs) And when you look back at some of the breaches we've had, I mean, Ashley Madison, the information, though terrifying to the people who were involved... Is not half as sensitive as the information, for instance, from the Office of Personnel Management in Washington. Oh, yeah. This is like the HR department for the government. I mean, there you're talking about every possible piece and shred of evidence that you could use against a human being. Uh, we're on those databases. You have the most sensitive information from investigative reports for people who are looking for security clearances. Not to mention 1.1 million fingerprints. I, mean, oh, I don't know what's left. Right. So you had that, you had the hack of the White House, the State Department, the Postal Service, uh, Anthem, where you had 80 million Social Security numbers, J.P. Morgan, 83 million accounts, um, and the list goes on and on and on. So as a consumer, you can do everything right. You can do all of the things everyone told you to do, from not carrying your Social Security card to protecting the amount of information you have from people who you don't know, to securing your devices, to shredding everything in sight. But if you're on the wrong database at the wrong moment and the wrong person gains unauthorized access, you could be looking over your shoulder for the rest of your life.
2: Mm. Well, and and what do you do, Adam? I mean, I guess uh, you hear now all of these companies that will protect your identity, they'll ensure your identity. Are any of those worth looking at?
6: Nobody can protect your identity. Right. I mean, you you are, you are probably in the best position because you have more control over at least the immediate data that you have, although so many people are tracking us, collecting information, disseminating information. Some of the information you know they're collecting. Some yeah. you don't. So as a result, you have to reorient your thinking, and that is instead of saying I have to prevent, 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 sure, in a perfect world we could prevent, you have to say to yourself, I now have to adopt what I call the 3Ms. You have to minimize your risk of exposure, which we just talked about. Plus, you can do things like put a security freeze on your credit, which means nobody, including you, can get access to your credit. You use long and strong passwords as opposed to silly passwords that anyone can decipher, like password <laughs> or 12345 or something like that. Um, you 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 become far more circumspect in what you do, doing. you go online. You use the most secure privacy settings. Uh, you don't give out your full birth date, You use separate email addresses. I mean, you know, it sounds a little paranoid, but you use separate email addresses for certain things you do in life, like the email address uh, that you would use for your financial services account is not the email address that you should be using for your dating sites. Or oh, there you go. Yeah. Right. Uh, and use nicknames. Uh, also with security questions. Now eventually we're going to go to two-factor authentication, it's going to be more sophisticated, you're going to go to biometrics, but security questions. The the key is not to tell the truth, the key is to be consistent. So if you give a maiden name for your mother, that's not your mother's maiden name, all that matters is that the company that asked you to answer the secret question gets the same answer that you gave them Mm. when you gave them the secret question. Right. Um, So, you know, you do things like that. Use a nickname. Don't use your full name. When you get on social networking, do you really have to take pictures of everything that might be geotagged, which would lead people to where it is? Do you need to show people your new car, your new credit card, your new license, the (laughs) fancy painting you just bought, the new jewelry you just got? No, you really don't. So then you go to the second M, which is monitor. And that means you go to places like annualcreditreport.com, which is the government mandated site where you get a free copy of your credit report from each of the three bureaus. You're entitled to at least one a year, depending upon the state you live in. The second thing is you come to sites like credit.com where you get a free overview of your credit plus credit scores that are updated for free every month. So if there's a precipitous drop in your credit score, you can't explain. That could be an indication that you have an identity theft problem. You check your accounts on a daily basis, or you can sign up for what's called transactional monitoring, where your bank, your credit card company, uh, will notify you in the event that there's any activity in your account, and then it's up to you to decide whether that's you or not. Hmm. You know better than they know. Because, Because a lot of these credit cards that are stolen, for instance, are sold by zip code. So your bank may see a transaction that's in the same zip code you live in or in the same zip code in which you do a great deal of shopping, but it may not be you, but yeah, you know, right? So, So you do that. You can also sign up for more sophisticated forms of monitoring, which are offered by a number of those companies that claim they can protect your identity, uh, but not just credit monitoring. And if you read Brian Krebs, which everyone in the security world does, he's, a, he's not a big fan of credit monitoring. He likes credit freezes. He likes identity monitoring, which is where if there's any change in your information, uh, you're notified. Uh, and they have a new, a new uh, notification now called the Me, Not Me. And that's instead of the old days where they would say, hey, Matt, a couple weeks ago, somebody opened an account in your name. And you may not even know till you look at your credit report. Mm. But now they're saying, hey, Matt, there's somebody attempting to open an account in your name right now. Is it you? Yes or no?
2: Yeah, I've actually had that happen to me. That is yeah, terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. and is it you, and they're, and they're actually pretending to be you? Yes, mm. yes.
6: And so many people do, because there's so much information out there, it's so easy for them to do that.
2: Yeah, right. And
6: then, and then there's the third M, and I talk about all these in swipe, but the third M is, is manage the damage. Now, a lot of people think that's very expensive, or you have to go to some of these extremely uh, sophisticated programs, and they pay a lot of money. You'd be surprised you don't there are a lot of institutions with whom you have relationships uh, credit card uh, certain credit card programs credit unions smaller banks uh, insurance companies through your homeowner or auto owner policy even employee assistance programs where you work that offer you help to get through an identity theft problem but what you need to do is ask ask your insurance agent ask your bank rep ask the hr department at work do you have a program like this? Am I in it? If not, what do I need to do to get in it, and what's it going to cost?
2: Mm. I mean, it really, it becomes a full-time job, but I know in your book you talk about the people stealing your identity. It's their full-time job, too.
6: No, if you think about it, the reason why a lot of these guys are very successful in stealing identities is because we all have day jobs. Yeah. However, for them, we are their day jobs. That's
2: right. That's huge. So, I mean, you got to get real about it and sit there and, and manage it, monitor it, and I guess, too, be educated and informed. I mean, I, there's so many of us that are just from a different generation where it used to be the problem was all the junk mail we'd get. <laughs> now it's like somebody can steal your identity, steal your credit card information, and, you know, go to Cancun.
6: Well, and, and you know, here's the, here's the problem where you really have to be careful is when you're contacted by someone or some institution that leads you to believe that it's an official contact whether it's your your bank your credit card company the utility company the internal revenue service the jury commissioner any one of these things and they start asking you for information about you hang up yeah call back the official number get it online flip over your credit or debit card it's one thing if you're authenticating yourself when you've made the phone call and they don't have any idea who you are. Right. But if they've called you, they sure as heck should know who you are. And if they don't, you don't want to be on that phone anyway.
2: No, it's so real. I just had a son that, you know, they started asking him all of this personal information. And um, he's he's like, is this legit? And we looked it up and it wasn't. I mean, it, part of it is just... I guess follow your gut to some degree, right? If, if it's not feeling right, get out of there. If it's something's weird, stop.
6: You always have to say to yourself, "Who's asking me the question? Why are they asking me the question? What are they asking me? Is is it logical?" Yeah. Now you know, there's one scam. They call you up on the phone and they say, uh, "Matt, is this your credit card number?" Uh, and it is. You go, "Yeah." And is this your expiration date? You go, "Yeah." And you say to yourself, "Wow, these people must be the bank. Yeah, they know a lot about me." Then they say. Please, you know, flip over your card just to authenticate who you are. Can you please tell us the security
3: code?
6: Uh, red, red light. Yeah. Now, now, how this call goes on, which is even better, is you give them your security code and they go, oh, "You're a victim uh, of identity theft." Hang on for a second. We're going to put our security department on. They put their quote security department on. They go, "Matt, uh, just for further verification, what's your Social Security number?" You have now just oh, given my them
2: heavens. the
6: yeah. keys to the kingdom. Just like example catfishing, I'm sure you heard a lot yeah.
3: about
2: it. Oh yeah,
6: big problem. Uh, there was a mother daughter uh, uh, combo that just got busted out of Colorado. Now they,
2: explain it though, Adam, because others might not know. It's where right. pe- it's where people are. They're luring you in, acting like they're someone else, and they they can date. I mean, there's dating catfishing going on.
6: Yep. Yeah. Think about it uh, this way. And, and here, here are some of the red, the red flags, and this again is, is it logical? What are they asking me? You start communicating with someone online, and within three or four exchanges, suddenly they love you. Yeah. Love you, can't wait to see you, need to see you, but then, second red flag, they never seem to be available. <laughs> Their phone isn't working, so they've got to email you or they're, they're texting you because they can't call you because there's something wrong. They can't Skype you because of their, um something wrong with the webcam, or something else wrong, or they have a problem. They can never seem to show up. Third thing is you feel like you're in a B movie. Every line is like you feel like you're in Casablanca. <laughs> uh, oh, and, and then there's grammatical errors, and then you say to yourself, I don't know, but have I read this before somewhere? So you Google it. If you go, wow, that's a line from whatever, beware. Then they, they, they start with the um, emergencies. I'd love to call, oh, my God, there's somebody at the door. It's the police. Uh-huh. Or my child was just kidnapped. Or I have to run because my child just got injured and I have to go to the emergency room. Or, always there's yeah. something. And and then they start asking you for information that you say to yourself, why do they need this information about me? Or money. You know, it's like, I really want to see you, but I can't afford the plane ticket. Or I'm in the middle of this major project. I'm overseas, right? If I just had a few more dollars, I could get it done. Or my kid has to go to the dentist. Is there any way you could help me out? I mean, I'll make it up to you. Just loan me the money. Or what they like to do is they like to send you e-cards except that it's not really an e-card. And when you click on the link, malware goes on your computer, and now they take over your computer.
3: Holy
6: so, cow. And, and they're really good at it. And as we were mentioning, so the mother-daughter in Colorado built 300 women out of over a million dollars. They were pretending to be lonely, deployed American soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan or in Europe, and they just needed a few bucks to, to be able to you know go away for the weekend. They really want to come home and visit their family. They'd like to come visit you. Could you wire them a little bit of money? That kind of stuff.
2: Holy cow. Man, Adam, uh, you've opened our eyes. Let's take a break. We'll come back, continue this discussion. We're speaking with Adam Levin, author, author of the book Swiped, How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity, Identity Thieves. He's a longtime consumer advocate and identity fraud expert. He's helping us understand uh, how to make our online world as safe as we can make it. Stick with us, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Friends to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we're talking about internet security. Do you feel safe on the internet? Because honestly, you you probably shouldn't. Now, I don't want to scare you, but the reality is, the horses are running away, <laughs> and um, you know, there's certain things. There's so many benefits, and it's incredible, and it's here to stay. So, we're trying to figure out how we have an online life without losing our shirt, you know? How do we not lose our shirt and it's almost like we've you got to get back to the basics, folks. We've all been given a brain. And I mean, I get the technology of everything and the tricks are amazing of how they can get your information, but there's still just certain things that if it doesn't seem right, if it seems too easy, if it seems too perfect, It might be. Joining us on the phone, Adam Levin is with us. He is the author of the book Swiped, How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers, and Identity Thieves. Adam, welcome back to the show.
6: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, the horses have not only run away, but I think— Someone bagged them
2: and dragged them off kicking <laughs> it. It's so true. Yeah, and they're now in the, somebody's trunk. Um, That's for sure. Talk to us about, because in a way, the reality is everything's moving this way toward the internet. So is it? Is it, Adam, really, um, I, I I know people that they won't be on any social media. They won't give their name out. They won't shop online. They won't do anything. But... I sit there and I think, man, I can order a watch band and have it to my house inexpensively, really, in two days. And I don't want to lose that, but I also don't want to end up, you know, with some guy in Russia pretending like he's me. Do I just have to give up the dream of security?
6: No, No, don't give up the dream. I mean, look, the reality is that, that we're getting smarter our security guys are getting smarter. Companies are sufficiently terrified now that they're taking, <laughs> uh, you know, greater steps. I mean, the problem is, now look at it from the perspective of a company, yeah. which sometimes it's difficult for consumers to do, and I get that, but as a defender, you've got to get everything right, everything right. You have right. to have the right training, the right software, the right filtering systems, the right monitoring, the right everything. You could spend a fortune and yet all you need is one person making one mistake clicking on the wrong link which is why we should be training people over and over and over again and and they do that and all of a sudden malware gets in the system that can bring down a company and can take tens of millions of people with it now you have egregious examples like the office of personal management where i mean the only thing that didn't happen is that the inspector general didn't staple warnings inside the eyelids of every human being that worked there.
2: (laughs) That's right. You know,
6: everything you're doing is wrong, that you're not providing proper security, that you're way behind the times, you're using software that isn't properly supported, all these kinds of... I mean, they screwed up. Yeah. Bottom line. And now there's, there's hell to pay. And unfortunately, 21 million people are in the process of of being the collateral damage in that disaster.
2: Well, it seems like Um, I would be safer with Amazon than the federal government, because Amazon's making a huge living on this, and the federal government's 30 or 40 years behind.
6: Oh, clearly. But I think what you have, and that's why the federal government is finally going outside the federal government and going to organizations like Google and Amazon and saying, what can we do together?
3: Yeah, that's and, great. And,
6: you know, they're trying to do information sharing and threat sharing and all of that, and people are screaming NSA. And, look, the NSA, however you feel about it, it happened. They're doing it. Right. Where they're finding ways of curtailing it, but the, that's, that's, that horse is way out of the bar. <laughs> so the situation is how do we operate in the world today? And, again, as I was saying, as a defender, you've got to get everything right. As an attacker, as an intruder, all you need to do is find one moment, one single point of vulnerability, and you're in. Yeah, and, and that's why people have to be so, for instance, if you're on a database of a company that's been breached, especially a big retailer, one of the things you have to start thinking about is when you get an email that's presumably from that company, if they or frankly anybody asks you to click on a link, don't do it. Go to the company website directly. It's why a lot of people would prefer to use apps even than browsing, especially on mobile devices mm. because the app is sanctioned. It's it, presumably, you've, you've researched and it is from the real company, that takes you directly to the website. You don't have to worry that someone has just created a clone website. But I always say to people, you got to think before you click. Don't click on it, even if it comes from somebody you think is your best friend. If I have people who are buddies of mine who send me something, I call them on the phone and say, "I just want to check. Yeah. you just send me something." You know, it's that one-minute phone call. Another example: you have an app on your phone for ease, because you want to speed your lock on. Every time you go on, you save the user ID, or the password or both. So now you just click and you're in. What happens if somebody steals your smartphone? That's and you've true. already saved this. All they do is they click. Now they're in, in, your, in your financial site. People go, but I don't want to type in my user ID <sighs> and password every time. And my answer is, yes, you do. Right. Yes, I... you do. And then, how many sites use as your user ID your email address? Well,
4: so that
6: means if someone were to hack into your email, they know your email address. I mean, so many people's email addresses are out there. So many databases have been breached that had millions of email addresses. And the problem with the bre- breach database with an email address, and you know, in the old days, an email address was never really considered personal identifying information. Well, now your name is part of your email address, where you yeah. work is part of your email. But what's worse, worse, if it's on a database that's hacked, what do they have? They not only have your data, but they have the context. So that means they know that Matt shopped at at uh, at Target. So now they can send you something from Target saying, "Hey, Matt." You're a Target shopper. We wanted to send you something. Please click here. Those are the kinds of things you've got to be careful of.
2: Holy cow. Adam, you're making it worse. You're giving me too many problems. Because no, it's just
6: one of those things where you just you just think about it and, and think logically and say, you know what, I'll take the extra second to put yeah. in my username and password. I won't use a username that every human being in the world who knows mm-hmm. me could figure out in 25 seconds. If you look at what happened with... Apple with the nude gate with all the celebrities, they brute forced their way on there. They didn't, this wasn't some super sophisticated hack where they figured out how to defeat the Apple security algorithm. No, what they did is they went to a lot of celebrity websites, and then they started testing different things that they said, man, these are probably passwords that Jennifer Lawrence might use. And bingo, they're into Jennifer Lawrence's account or into anyone else's account who is a celebrity. That's why you have to be much more clever. You have to be creative when you create these passwords. Here's a system that people can use. If you have a favorite phrase, hopefully one that nobody else but you knows, you, you then take the phrase, and this is the core of your password. Then what you do is whatever website you're going to, because it's got to make it a little easy to remember these things. Right. Whatever website you go to, take a letter or something that reminds you of the website. And then at the end of this password, uh, put a couple numbers in and change it up. Switch it up every month. But, for instance, maybe it's the quick brown frocks is your favorite phrase, or TQBF, and you have one in capital, one in lowercase. Uh, Instead of an S, you use a dollar sign. Instead of an O, you use a zero. These kinds of things. These are, you know, little things that you can do, to be more creative.
2: Man, and that's really, when you think about it, it's not that complicated. And I mean, now there's even apps that will help you remember all your passwords. So, I mean, if you, if you, if it's not natural to you to do all of this, it's just adding one more level of complexity to it, or just one more, I mean, adding a little more time to your life to have to enter in a password on your phone. I didn't even think about the phone. Plus, we haven't even talked about medical records. I mean no. that—that's well, a whole other world, isn't it?
6: No, that's a total nightmare. But the, and and what what people don't don't you know when they think about it, like for instance, when Anthem was breached, they said, "Well, bad news—they got your Social Security." They got, but good news—they didn't get your medical information. Okay, so they can't they can't extort you. Yeah. But what they don't understand is, if they have your personal identifying information, they have enough to recreate you for the purpose of doing medical identity theft. Mm. And the problem with medical identity theft is that the information of the thief becomes commingled with the information of the victim, and all of a sudden the blood type changes, or an allergy like penicillin uh, disappears. And as a result, when you get treated, the doctor is looking at the file and going, well, I don't, there's no allergy to penicillin. I can use penicillin. And all of a sudden oh. the person goes into cardiac arrest. Yeah. Or, you use uh, the, the blood type change. They give you a transfusion. It's the wrong blood. Mm. I mean, these are the kinds of things that, that, that can really happen. For, and now, I'll give you a, another one. It, it, it even make you a little bit more paranoid. <laughs> we are living in a world that is rapidly approaching uh, what the fellow uh, uh, Ashton, who created the concept of the Internet of Things, he, it's the sensor net. And that's everywhere you, you go, almost everything around you, is gathering information. Now, arguably, it's all the different products in your home are gathering information for the purpose of sending it back to the manufacturer in order for the manufacturer to figure out how they can better make a product that will respond to your needs or wants or desires. But some things are so crazy, they have a mattress cover now that can tell <sighs> when you go to sleep. When you wake up, it could turn on the coffee pot, it could turn on the light. Holy cow. The- and, and, you know, there are, uh, you know, with Nest that controls the temperature or with security systems or webcams in your house, if someone were to hack in and gain control of those things, they could lock your house, turn off your lights, turn up the heat, hold you hostage. There was a movie with Bruce Willis called right. Hostage yep. about this situation.
2: So so really, it's as, as this continues to happen, I mean, I guess what's going to happen to us is we have to be more informed, and make more choices more regularly so that we're not just having every sensor reading us. I mean, all the time they'll say, would you like me to automatically send information back to the the provider of this app to let them update their their systems? I always say no to that. I, I say no to anything that's more.
6: No, no. You're absolutely—you know, why do you need to make it easier? For why them? would I, I make mean, it easier? Living, right. If, if you think about it, we're living in a world now where we— are not the user, we are the product.
2: Yeah, that's and, true.
6: And you have to act accordingly. So for instance, when you get all of these Internet of Things devices, don't use the default password that's there. Read the manual, and and where it says, here's how you change the password, change the password. Mm. Whether it's changing the password to the router at your home through which everything goes, uh, as well as the uh, the password for these different devices, it's one of those things where it takes you a few minutes and you go, you know, it's really my, beyond my uh, technological experience. I don't know if I can really do this. You don't have a choice now. Just like when you go to websites and you have the opportunity to do two-factor authentication, yeah. which is where you enter a, a, something, then it sends you a code that you enter and you go, ah, this is such a pain in the butt. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, compared to what you're going to go through.
3: That's
2: right.
6: It's nothing.
2: That's right. No, I think I think that's it. And I think, you know, we don't want to be put out, but you have no idea what put out is until somebody's stolen your identity. So in the book, Swiped, um, How to Protect Yourself in a World Full of Scammers, Fishers and Identity Thieves, it reviews, uh, Adam, your your top three M's, minimizing risk, monitoring your identity and managing the damage. As we leave, we've got about 30 seconds, 40 seconds what what would you say we should walk away with? Instead of just terror and fear and paranoia, what should we be thinking going forward?
6: I think what people need to think is, you know, when somebody says the word portfolio, the instant reaction most people have is investments. Yeah, You have to remember that you have a credit portfolio, and you also have an identity portfolio. And even though the world is as complex as it is, you are the master of your credit and identity portfolio. There is no one in a better position to do everything possible to protect you when you realize the fact that no one else is really going to do it as thoroughly as you are because no one has the interest that you have in your security because the ultimate guardian of the consumer is the consumer.
2: That's right. No, that's great. Great advice. And, uh, Adam, we appreciate you. Keep up the great work. Everybody go check out that book, Swiped. How to protect yourself in a world full of scammers, fishers, and identity thieves. It's your world, folks. It's your life. If you're going to use the great benefits of the internet, prepare yourself. You are the master of your portfolio. Great advice, folks. Let's uh, take a break. Come back. Wrap this this show up, uh, this first hour of the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be doing a little uh, Coach's Corner when we come back. Stick with us. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Man, if that didn't scare you enough, talking to Adam Levin. But the reality is, it's taking over. And it's scary to think that it's monitoring everything you do. But uh, if any of you are into Netflix, you also are in trouble. According to a recent study from the group TDG Research... Did you know that the average Netflix viewer watches about an hour and a half of content per day? Ben's like, I'm like four times more than that.
1: That's nothing. That's
2: nothing, man. So, you know, Netflix, you pay about eight bucks a month. And you get, you can go watch a bunch of shows. Never as many as you'd like. But... According to this uh, research, all of this time that we spend watching television, it's now surpassed other traditions, time-honored traditions like reading. So now we spend an hour and a half watching Netflix. Traditionally, we would spend about 49 minutes a day reading. Not anymore. 70 minutes a day eating. So we watch more Netflix than we do read or eat. That is pathetic.
1: The demise of the human race. What is happening
2: to us? Uh, Worse, though, it's even more than we now want more Netflix than we even care about eating, having sex. Our teens are spending more time watching programming on Netflix than spending time with their families, hanging out with friends, video gaming, or playing sports. So maybe the big problem with all this technology push, maybe it's not about your identity. Maybe that's to be expected. But maybe the scary thing is just the simple time that we're now dedicating to all of this technology. It's taking us away from what might matter most to us. To what? To go watch old episodes of, you know. Thirty rock is that what it's called, or some of these shows that's our that's our new love, but remember, and I think that was great advice from Adam in the end, folks, you are the captain of your soul, right? You are the master of your life, and no doubt about it netflix is it's interesting it's it's a great you know drug to just put yourself to sleep with. The problem, I guess, in the end is if it's costing you valuable relationships, if it's costing you, you know, your identity, if it's costing you your your confidence, your self-esteem, your self-worth. So just focus on it. I mean, again, we're not here to scare you to death. Just want to give you the, the real true blue information and see if we can't actually have some progress in our lives. Not to be feared. Don't fear it. Don't even just hide yourself from it. If you still want to go take advantage and and make it a part of your life, do that. But use your head. Lead it. This is what we're going to try to do is lead our lives here, right? And if we lead it, and there are great things you can watch on these shows as well. Spend some more time with your family. Have conversations about what you're watching. And whatever you do, don't watch anything with zombies. Just not worth it. First hour of the show, folks. We're going to take a break, come back. we got another uh, couple great hours coming up next. Wonderful uh, guest uh, that's going to teach us about the heart of a humanitarian next hour. Stick with us, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on SiriusXM 143.
0: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
1: Your guide on the side.
0: Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter.
1: At Dr. Matt Show.
0: Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU.
1: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
0: Dr. Matt
3: Townsend.
2: Now on
0: BYU Radio.
2: BYU Radio. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Your host, Dr. Matt, here, your guide on the side, doing what we can on this program to help you see the good in the world. And I do believe today... We've got uh, a great guest um, that's going to help us see the good in the world. In just a few minutes, we'll be joined by Vishnu Adhikare, who uh, is going to teach us. He's a great humanitarian, and he wouldn't want to hear any of that. He is from Kathmandu and is making a big difference in in the lives of the people over in Nepal. And one of uh, the things he's going to teach us today, I believe... Is there is a special heart in all of us, I believe, in the ability to give back and to help change the lives of others in this world. And he just has that sensitive spirit and that goal to basically end hunger in the world, to end pain and suffering in the world. And he's here today. Uh, I'm going to just see if we can't catch that humanitarian spirit, because truly... You know, We need it. We're in a world where now we hear people, all of the shootings that are going on here in the United States, all of the political rhetoric, all of the hype, the anti-immigration stuff, everything that you're hearing is, is so counter to what's really going on, I think, in the rest of the world. And I, want, I wanted to just see if we couldn't allow someone else into our minds today um, and hopefully see if it doesn't change just change our heart, change what we feel. And so uh, we're honored to have um, him with us today. Bishnu Adhikari, he'll be joining us in just a few moments. Let me get to uh, a few of the headlines. By the way, September 4th it means today is National College Colors Day, National Newspaper Carrier Day, National Macadamia Nut Day, That is so gross. (laughs) Chew. Ben, chew with your mouth closed, man. Man, Ben loves his macadamia nuts. By the way, today is also National Hug Your Boss Day. So you know it. I know it. We are definitely going to be hugging Don today. We're going to have a hug fest. So if Don's listening on your way in.
1: But in a very organized manner.
2: Well, an an organized hug of your boss. Anyway, interesting uh, set of days today that we're choosing from. Crazy story I found. Um, a Santan Valley homeowner foiled two teen burglars early Saturday morning with a samurai sword.
7: <laughs>
2: <laughs> there it is. Uh, a little audio from the event. Um, according to the, the county sheriff's spokesman, uh, Tim Gaffney, the homeowner came to his house near Coppermine and Marensee Rhodes and found two teens inside. One of them, a 16 year old male, fled the scene. The homeowner used a martial arts sword known as a katana to detain the other teen. I don't know if he speaks Japanese, Ben. I don't know why you played that sound. I mean, you just could have played some guy pulling a katana. But you, that,
1: that's just what i imagined the event to sound like
2: <laughs> cuz he has because he had a sword a martial arts sword you you automatically imagine that he's a samurai
1: well how would you react in that situation
2: well i wouldn't unless i was a samurai i wouldn't do that sound i wouldn't make that noise
3: yeah that.
2: I think, I think, I don't know Japanese, but I think he's saying, get out of my house, you crazy teen. Take this. I don't you even.
1: meddling kids. You meddling
2: kids. I don't even hear a sword pulled. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no sword.
1: Well, it's a skill of the, the samurai to like not make a sword sound. Oh, I think. man.
2: You need help. <laughs> That's crazy. You're supposed to do sound effects. But you're making up a whole other story here. The guy pulled a katana, I guess they're called. Anyway, work on that. Try to find a – try another sound that's not the samurai sound. Let's say the kids come in. What would what, – what other noise would be made in the room when the guy pulls the sword? It's a trap! Yeah. No. I mean you have all morning, Ben, to work on this. Not even close. I'm going to give you one more shot in just a sec. You you work it out. But before we do that, let's go to Kathy Aiken and uh, do our week in review.
0: Good morning, everyone. Kentucky County Clerk Kim Davis continued to defy a Supreme Court order to issue same-sex marriage licenses this week. Your interpretation of the
1: Bible does not trump the Constitution.
4: You're Amen. Amen! Amen! My so.
3: God is loving. For, 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 no,
4: this is
0: not. Davis was scheduled to appear in court yesterday on possible contempt charges. Attorneys for the same-sex couples want Davis fined at the least. While Davis said issuing the licenses was against her religious beliefs. The man accused of shooting a Texas police officer 15 times while at a gas station was arraigned on capital murder charges Monday. Shannon Miles was charged in the death of Texas deputy Darren Goforth. Here's Harris County Sheriff Ron Hickman. Your
4: interpretation Amen. of the Bible does not trump Amen. the Constitution. Amen. Your Amen. The Amen. The My God is loving. And four. And four. And no,
0: this is not. Miles is being held without bond. A manhunt was underway Wednesday due to another police shooting, this time in northern Chicago. Lieutenant Charles Glenowitz was shot and killed while pursuing three suspects. His widow, Mel, talked about her husband. Joe was my best friend, my world, my hero. <laughs> the love of my life for the last 26 and a half years. This was the fourth police death in eight days. A Baltimore judge on Wednesday denied a defense motion to dismiss charges against six police officers who were accused in the death of Freddie Gray. Gray died while in police custody back in April. The NFL lost a big battle yesterday as Judge Richard Berman sided with quarterback Tom Brady on Deflategate. Berman said Goodell went too far in suspending Brady four games. Brady will now be in his team's season opener September 10th. President Obama arrived in Alaska on Monday to speak on the impact of climate change. The trip was the first by a sitting president. Also Monday, the White House announced the highest peak in North America. Mount McKinley was being changed to Denali. The mountain was named after the nation's 25th President, William McKinley. Ohio lawmakers were not happy with the change in Alaska since McKinley is from Ohio. A new poll early this week showed Bernie Sanders gaining ground on Hillary Clinton. Sanders now trails the front runner by just seven percentage points. Also, another poll from Iowa showed Ben Carson in a tie with Donald Trump on the GOP side. Brian Pagliano, the man who set up Hillary Clinton's private email server, says he'll take the fifth when he attends a congressional hearing on Benghazi next week. Meanwhile, according to RadarOnline.com, a person claiming to be a computer specialist reportedly has 32,000 emails hacked from Clinton's email server and is selling them for half a million dollars. Over 7,000 emails from Hillary Clinton's email server were released by the State Department earlier this week. Over 100 of those are now considered classified. Officials also said members of the State Department's IT division were unaware that the Secretary of State was using a private email address. President Obama secured his Iran nuclear deal this week after Maryland Democratic Senator Barbara Mikulski said she'll vote for the accord. 34 senators were needed to back an Obama veto. A manhunt was underway Wednesday after Charles Glennowitz was shot and killed while pursuing three suspects. And Taylor Swift was the big winner at the MTV Video Music Awards Sunday night. Swift took home four awards, including a top video of the year. But Kanye West again stole the spotlight with this announcement.
5: And yes... As you probably could have guessed by this moment, I have decided in 2020 to run for
0: president. You may remember Kanye took the microphone from Swift a few years ago after she won an award he disagreed with. With The Week in Review, I'm Kathy Aiken.
2: Thank you very much, Kathy. Appreciate uh, The Week in Review. Man, it was a, an interesting, busy, busy week. Uh, we're going to be taking a break in a second. But before we do, I wanted to go back to Ben, give him one more chance on our sound effects. We've been... Um, talking about a story about some burglars, two teenagers, break into a home in uh, California, I believe it was, and they break in, and a guy goes in and uses a martial arts sword, a katana, I think it's called. He pulls it out, one kid runs away, and he stops the other one. And Ben had a really kind of weird samurai sound effect. So I'm going to give him one more chance, uh, Ben. When the man was saw the kids pulled his katana out let me hear what you think that must have sounded like okay that's the best you got
1: the cow was the teenagers and the sword was a samurai
2: <laughs> was that a cow teenager that actually was that the teenager <laughs> okay was that Maybe you should have put the sword first and then that when that when the teenager had the sword pulled, he made the cow sound. Now, you know what? Let's not even try to make anything out of that. Just keep working, Ben. I mean I know Don's been trying to work with you on sound effects and stuff, but just think stuff through. Just saying. Whatever.
1: That's what I have to say to that. Yeah.
2: You wanted to get that in. Okay. You got it back in. Good job, Ben. Hey, we're going to go now to um, uh, take a break. But uh, when we come back from the break, we're honored to have Vishnu Adikari will be joining us. He is a humanitarian um, and just a, a, has a huge heart. He, and he's, I wanted him here because I want all of us who are so blessed to live in the United States to understand what, a little bit of what's going on in the rest of the world and especially uh, do a little check-in on what's happening in Nepal since their earthquake in April. Um, also, we're going to have Vishnu just try to share with us what drives him to give so much of his time, so much of his heart, his mind, his energy to helping others, to lifting others, to doing simple projects like bringing water or just school and education opportunities to, uh, to people in need. Stick with us, folks. I think uh, you'll definitely see the good in the world after our next guest. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back after the break. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Uh man, so honored by our next guest who's actually in studio with us today. His name is Vishnu Adikare, and he is a an in country director in Nepal for Choice Humanitarian USA. And uh that is a that is basically a nonprofit organization trying to make life better for people around the world. Um and and uh Bishnu he is uh, to me, he's a very he's a very inspirational person. He's a humanitarian. Some, if you've ever seen the movie Meet the Mormons, Bishnu was just one of the people featured in that movie. Um, but he is from Kathmandu. Is actually lives in Kathmandu. He's uh, very well educated. Was actually educated as a civil engineer in Russia, and also has another degree in environmental policy. But his ultimate goal in life, it seems to be, Vishnu, um, to just improve the lives of people in the world. Vishnu Adhikari, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show.
5: Thank you, Matt. And uh, it's great to be uh, among you and your audience this morning. And, uh, yeah, thank you.
2: Thank you. I mean, really, Vishnu, um, we live in a world that's really complicated. Lots of political issues going on, lots of turmoil, war, uh, people are suffering, different economic issues and levels. And then out of nowhere, an earthquake in Nepal, 7.8 and then another 7.3, right, on the Richter scale. Um,
5: and all of the Nepalese turned upside down. Uh- for a country like Nepal that is not prepared in uh handling these massive natural disasters um it's been a great uh, big blow to to the national economy yeah uh about 900,000 private homes gone flat holy cow most of our ancient uh temples and um uh Palaces and other monuments have gone flat. Uh, 12, more than 12,000 uh, uh, public schools gone flat. 12,000 schools. Yes. That left 1.2 million uh, children out of school. That, it, it's, it's a big disaster for a yeah. small uh, subsistence economy like Nepal. Well, and you, long before the earthquake... You were working to to build
2: Nepal anyway, to just take it to just bring water to the communities, to just bring schools to the commu- and build schools. and you were doing that all out of your kind of your own motivation all before the earthquake. What um, talk to us about how 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 did you catch that bug? I mean, you're an engineer. you're not you're not a social worker. you're just a regular guy. Who, who after, I guess, getting a degree in California, moved back home. And talk about that story of how you caught the desire to help long before even the the earthquake.
5: Uh, I I think it has to do uh, something with my brought up. Like I was uh, raised in a, a big family out in the mountain uh, in Lamjung districts. It's the western part of uh, Nepal, um, in a family that struggle with uh, basics, uh, food, shelter, water, basic education, and all that. And uh, it's been my desire always to um, help those kind of uh, families in that situation. Um, I mean, I, I come out of that ditch of poverty through education. Yeah. And many people uh, on the way uh, scholarshiped me, and uh, I felt like it's it's my time to give back. And uh, when I got my civil engineering degree from Russia and went back to uh, Nepal uh, to see my parents, how they are doing, and uh, for the last uh, 20 years... Um, after I left um, for a school in Pokhara, and then to Kathmandu, and then to Russia, nothing has been changed in the village. Mm. After all,
2: the, after twenty years, you went and saw all this progress around the world, and nothing had changed
5: in the village. And I felt like, uh, wow, um, who gonna do this? The government is out in Kathmandu, and yeah. they have their political issues and uh, they have uh, excuses of not to have enough resources to cover the country and all, all kind of uh, excuses. So I thought okay, it's my turn to do what I can do. So I was working for the Nepalese government and uh, on top of that I started volunteering for those who uh, can uh, and will support these uh, humanitarian efforts. You um and and you just started you just started doing
2: stuff. I guess one of the first things you did as an engineer w- was water. How what motivated you to do the water to do the wells and to to get the the healthy water into the villages? Uh
5: I went back to see my parents and my mother was still carrying uh water on her back from uh half an hour distance um and she was almost uh 65 by then, I felt like ah, my education. You could fix that. Yeah. Um, I should be um, working right away on this particular project. And uh, I started that. Um, and it's been 18 years now hmm. that that project has um, served that community of Oklapani. And after the earthquake, I visited again visited the village. Well, how are they uh, doing? And a couple of houses gone uh, flat, but the water system... Water still flowing? Flowing and intact, and I felt really good about it. Oh, I it. bet you did.
2: I And I am assuming your your mother and your your father felt incredible pride seeing their boy come back and bring the
5: water to the village. Uh, especially my father brags about uh, <laughs> uh, himself that I mean I have a son like this and mm-hmm. that. But if he was
2: an American, he'd be charging for the water.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Sad but true. Yeah, that's a neat. It's
2: a, it's got to be a neat feeling. And then since then, you've actually gone on and um, with with help from other like the World Bank, you've you've developed projects with World Bank, Asian Development Bank. US aid, but you've also been able now to do 21 water projects, 33 schools, 900 biogas digesters just to help sustain these villagers throughout the country.
5: Yeah. Though, uh, looks like these figures have uh, been... Um, You're doing even more. ...increased lately. And uh, yes, it's we've been around uh, 12 districts in Nepal. Uh, after I started working full-time for Choice Humanitarian from 2007, though I started volunteering for them from 1999. Yeah. Um, we've been able to um, accomplish uh, much. Again, I would like to draw attention to our uh, listeners of the radio that uh, it's not about infrastructure development alone. It's about the people's development, their thinking, their way of uh, coming up with the solution of their own problems.
2: So you're trying, you're trying to work actually maybe more on the human the, – the development of the, their thinking, their own self-sufficiency, their own self-reliance. Get that changed instead of just infrastructure. Yes, That's
5: yes. Great. Some some infrastructures are critical, yeah, like water and some uh, uh, transportation and some basics. Those are critical. But uh, the uh, major f- philosophy of uh, choice humanitarian and my personal philosophy been uh, how to build the people so that yeah. they can take care of themselves. Yeah, uh, in a way. I'm not an outsider. I'm a Nepalese. Yeah. But uh, I have to work with other organizations to make it happen. And my desire and my conviction and deep desire is to uh, find a way to improve the local economy so that there is enough revenue for those kind of uh, development. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It takes money, right? No, There's a quote I always hear that says, no margin, no mission. So it takes the money, but the money has to be spent wisely and on the right thing. And it sounds like the investment in the human factor is essential for you.
5: Yes. Uh, three years back, we started a program called Nepal Life Program. The um, objective of that program is to train leadership while doing an infrastructure projects. Mm. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, as our democracy is uh, very young and uh, people are learning to function um, in the committees and uh, groups, leadership is a vital uh, criteria and can a, play a vital role in that process and um creditable leaders as you know. Yeah. Wherever it is. Whether it is United States or Russia even yeah. and Nepal, <laughs> wherever it is, uh, a trusted creditable leadership is um is a need. Yeah. And we started that process on the um ground level, from the ground level. And we started that piloting program in um uh, 20 VDC. VDC is an area uh, of about nine hamlets coming together. So about 75,000 people and 180 uh, hamlets. Mm. So, and you
2: started it in that
5: group, that area. Yeah. The piloting consists of uh, uh, training leaders, helping budgetary support. To do the basics projects that they need, yeah. the, I mean, different NGOs and international agencies they go and do things by themselves, right? Okay, and that, in a way, uh, in a way, uh, they that discreditize the local capacity
2: because they go, they kind of insert themselves in and just take over and discredit. The local, the local leadership, instead of growing the local leadership.
5: Yeah. Hmm. So uh, we trusted our funds to put in their account, the committee's account, mm-hmm. and of of course we have a hook there. Yeah. One of the signatories from our organization, but we we let them decide, and when they make decision, we're gonna. Be among them, and if if we feel like the decision has uh, uh, and can go to uh, wrong direction, we kind of uh, insert yeah. our ideas. You coach other- a little bit. Yeah. Otherwise, we are there as an observer. Yeah. And in many uh, third world countries, the problem is of uh, implementation. Mm-hmm. Sure. Resources are not enough. That's there. But even if you dump resources, there is no implementation capacity right right.
2: They have to know what to do and have the ability and the tools and the know-how to do it yeah. which is which has got to be interesting when a foreign trained engineer and because what you learned about leadership in Russia bringing that home and then teaching it to the people it must be that's so
5: empowering. your goal is to empower them. Uh, actually i haven't learned much uh, on leadership from Russia <laughs> <laughs> it's probably true huh? yeah yeah i i learned much from uh um uh, i mean from my experience working with international agencies yeah i worked with uh uh the world bank funded projects in nepal and Asian development banks uh as um and USAID um supported programs so that helped me learn the culture of uh, performance mm-hmm. how how do you perform uh with a time frame and allocated budget yeah, and, and get it done get it done so that's that's the problem among the th- uh developing countries that uh, we always struggle there is a lack of uh the performing capacity. I
2: I love that. Again, we're speaking with Bishnu um who is uh, with Choice Humanitarian. He is one of their. Um, what do they call you, Bishnu? You're one of their in, uh, in, oh, in country in, in country directors in the Nepal area. We wanted him on the show. Um, if you've ever heard the the quote, "Give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach him how to fish, feed him for a lifetime." Uh, this is what Vishnu is doing, and he's teaching leadership through um, projects, and we're going to take a break, come back, continue to understand what's going on. Remember, the goal of the show is to help you live longer, love stronger, and lead healthier, happier lives. And uh, today, we're learning from Bishnu Adhikari about leadership and how to just not throw money at problems um, and not throw money at where people just need money. They also have to have the ability, the capacity to, uh, to do something with the money. And Bishnu's teaching us how he's using, how he's doing that in Nepal to help uh, rebuild and to actually just empower, maybe more importantly, souls. We'll take a break, my friends, and come right back. More right here on The Matt Townsend Show in a minute. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Joining us is Bishnu Adhikari, and he is... Um, they call him the humble humanitarian, but he uh, is works with Choice Humanitarian, and in fact, in 2010, received the Humanitarian of the Year Award from them. He uh, is from Nepal, uh, has an engineering degree from Russia. He also has another degree... Um, in uh, what what was your other degree, Bishnu? Uh, International environmental policy. There you go. International environmental policy. and he is basically right now doing some some work in Nepal with with a really interesting model where instead of going in, remember, there's all of the rebuilding that needs to take place. He was giving us some of the numbers from the earthquake. Which it's just it's so tragic. Nine hundred thousand homes flat. twelve thousand schools flat, one point two million children don't have schools. And so there's a lot of work to do. And Bishnu's doing um, some research with about seventy five thousand people where instead of just maybe dropping in money to fix the problem, he's trying to to teach leadership skills management skills, kind of uh, time management, project management skills as they're rebuilding these these cities, these villages. So as they're doing the project, he's also trying to strengthen the minds, the the hearts, and empower the people. And so is that, Vishnu, again, welcome back. Thank you for being here. Hey, thank you. And as you do that, so if you can prove this model works in your this study sample you're doing of about 75,000 people... What, what do you hope the goal, the future will be? If, this, if you can prove the data that improving financially giving money along with empowering the people,
5: it works. I think it's, it can become a tool to eradicate extreme poverty from the world. Okay. Which is your goal. Get rid of poverty, extreme, prov- extreme, extreme poverty. Extreme poverty. Extreme poverty, when I explain it, it's uh, people living – uh, less than $1.25 per day. Mm. And uh, you can imagine that's, yeah. that's uh, um, exactly nothing. Right. So, um, what happens to that group of people? Usually their children are not in a school, usually they have uh, uh, shelters that are not hygienic usually they don't have restroom mm. they usually um uh goes out on the field for their um uh daily evacuation it's it's that kind of problem uh in that among the extreme poor and um from the humanitarian perspective it's inhuman yeah but from the economic perspective it's lost of opportunity yeah because if you see the pyramid of uh, uh, people living in different stages, there are very few percentage on the top of the pyramid. Right. And the middle of the pyramid, some percentage and a larger percentage on the bottom of the pyramid.
2: And, and the bottom of the pyramid is the, the, those with extreme poverty?
5: Usually that's the case.
2: So if we could take some of the, I guess, money from the top and empower the middle and the bottom of the pyramid, it would economically change the world too, positively.
5: It it will economically change the world uh, positively. Uh, You don't have to walk around your neighborhood and feel bad about it. Right, right. Okay. Uh, you may have a decent home and a car and things. But you when you go around and someone is suffering, uh, I mean, many people get hurt yeah. out of that. Yeah. So and it's a loss of economic opportunity. If we uh, and when we, it's not if. Yeah, it's going to happen. You... Yeah. When, if if we fail to do it in this generation, someone will do it next generation. I'm sure about that. Yeah because i have seen many people trying around the world including choice humanitarian and our group yeah okay so uh if we could bring that bottom of the pyramid at least to the middle right they they will be better consumer they will be better um uh, earning and contributing to the society mm-hmm. and it, it's going to be a better world uh, to live together
2: and a lot of that you're saying is changing the mind, changing how we see the world, knowing like you are so grateful for the the people that provided scholarships that allowed you to go get educated. And they they may not even know you. They may not even know the impact that their, that their money donation had to changing you and now thousands and thousands of lives. But it matters just because you had an education.
5: Yeah. Uh- I mean talking about myself, like uh when I was in grade seven that out in the village our economic condition uh became so bad and my dad said, Hey, it's enough is enough, let's no no more schooling. Uh stay home and do things that then I, I felt really bad. Did you? Yeah, because I was doing uh I, I think I was doing good in my studies. Yeah. Then I got a scholarship to go to um, a small town called Pokhara um, for 8, 9, and 10. Hmm. And that changed my life entirely. I met uh, people who were um, successful in their lives and uh, my classmates were sons of uh, ministers and all that, even from that smaller country. And now I remember and feel so grateful to the person who, Uh, gave that scholarship to me. I I don't know who he or she was. I wish I know them and I can hug them and thank them and tell them, hey, this is what I become because you...
2: Mm -hmm. Because you donated,
5: because you cared. Decided to care about those who had uh, been less fortunate. So it's uh, it's a perpetual effect. Yeah, yeah. Okay so it's a multiplier effect right i was benefited now it's my turn to help others to uh, similar opportunities so one of the major component of choices effort in nepal is to provide school level and college level and uh, nursing scholarship to mm-hmm. the uh, young uh, young women the desire is to help them excel in their life uh, some will come back and be grateful. Others will go in their life and enjoy their life. Yeah. That's fine. Right. But we want to change change the world. What's it yeah.
2: like when you see one of these young women you've helped come back? What's it like as you see that, knowing that, you know, that ripple, that your change has affected other changes?
5: What does that do to you? Uh, it gives me immense Pleasure and uh, satisfaction uh, as a person. Yeah. But when I lose myself in it and see the bigger picture, I feel like, wow. Yeah. Now there there is an army of people who are there to change their lives and change change the lives of others yeah. who, who are less fortunate. I have seen during these uh, earthquakes uh, some of these life-changing uh, people and moments in my life. Like uh, when I were uh, with a group of choice uh, people and volunteers to uh, clean up an area in Lubu, uh, out, outskirt of Kathmandu, pretty bad, badly damaged yeah. area. Their uh, narrow streets were filled with debris and no... Uh, truck or uh, ambulance can get into their home so we went and helped clear the area for 7 days um it, it was a life changing uh, experience okay. i met a wonderful man called Kiran Shrestha. he's a musician plays guitar but when the earthquake um hit hit his particular community and uh he felt like he need to provide a leadership. Yeah, he organized his uh, neighbors together, and uh, even printed a T-shirt like, "Now it's our turn to help our community." Is that what it said? And it, it just filled me so good yeah. that there are that many uh, good people around. And when I saw that, we jumped in and started helping him. Mm. Because we want to help those who want to help themselves. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's the model, isn't it? And I guess overall what I'm hearing too is that it's contagious. So once we start it and, – and not everyone will just jump in. But people it sounds like too you're seeing and are just inherently good and want to give. And when they do, we elevate everyone around us. That's powerful. As we leave, um, just maybe teach us where can we go if people are listening and they want to help Choice Humanitarian. What can they do so that they don't so that they can go empower others? Uh,
5: Choice Humanitarian has a couple of uh, interesting models, like they have um, expedition planned, and young people and others would those who would like to go and be on the ground and physically help, they can uh, participate in those expeditions. And I welcome them to come and join us in Nepal. And for the de- details, if you visit choicehumanitarian.org, uh, log into that and uh, go and learn more.
2: Yeah. Man. Well, Bishnu, you're amazing. I Again, you don't want... It's not about you. You want to just... Make sure we get as much help as we can to everyone in the world.
5: I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thanks for
2: being a leader. <laughs> he hates that idea, but you're a
5: leader. Thank you so much, and it's uh, it's been uh, good to be with you. Thanks,
2: Bishnu. Morning. Bishnu Adhikari. Again, go check out uh, the website choicehumanitarian dot org, and and figure out how you can make the choice to lead and help others. Uh, become even more powerful in their own lives. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Stick with us. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. You know, um... Can you imagine having 12,000 schools in your country destroyed? 1.2 million children unable now to go be educated. Or 900,000 homes gone. Gone. So that uh, visit we just had by Vishnu adikari it's such a... You know, we live in, in, a, in the most incredible times folks. And if you live in the United States, you are so blessed, you have maybe no idea. And until you've lived abroad, I lived in Argentina for two years. And, you know, they're very advanced, right? Lots of lots of stuff, lots of, you know, natural, healthy progress has been made in so many of those countries. And yet the poor, poor countries it's unbelievable. Extreme poverty is what uh, Bishnu's after and trying to fix. And a lot of the things that he was teaching us are just very basic leadership principles, aren't they? Give the man a fish, feed him for a day, teach him how to fish, feed him for a lifetime. We have right now about four, I think, billion dollars of uh, humanitarian aid waiting to come. I think from the United States to Nepal, but uh, it's it's kind of being held up, and. Um, the The donations that's actually not just from the United States, but donations have have been have been coming in, but they're waiting to dole out all of that money. Now, if we just go in and drop all of the money, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to change the minds and and empower the people. Uh, there's a great quote if you if you've heard of this by Muhammad Ali: "Service to others is the rent that you pay for your room here on Earth." Some can just donate money. If you've got the money, donate money for the people of Nepal. Some, though, can donate their back and can get out there and serve and and lift and go do the work. And there, there's probably incredible benefit to getting uh, your your boots on the ground and be face to face as you're serving these people. Then um, others, though, if if and I think even the highest level that maybe all of us could do, if you can't or you don't want to donate, if you're afraid of where that money might go, and you don't want to go be boots on the ground and go uh, actually help, then can you at least just wrap your heart around it? Just get your heart to care enough about others in the world. I mean, again, we sit here and we talk about politics and Trump and our own world and life is crazy, and yet there's people suffering. There's people suffering. Mahatma Gandhi has the great quote, The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. So if you can't do anything else, will you today just think about somebody that is in what's called extreme poverty, which simply means for a dollar twenty five a day, that's what they're making. That's what they're living on. A dollar twenty-five a day. Right? So you go to McDonald's and buy a combo mill. And you spent their week's allowance on your one combo. No, Think about it, folks. There's a lot of uh, suffering. And the number one thing they're suffering from is just having their mind stimulated and having this another opportunity of uh, seeing the world differently and making a change. That's our number two, my friends. Our number two of the Matt Townsend Show. We'll take a break. Next hour, more fun stuff, trying to meet the millennials, figure out what's going on there. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend
0: Show. This is the Matt Townsend Show.
1: Your guide on the side. Follow
0: Dr. Matt on Twitter. At Dr. Matt Show. Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU.
1: This is the Matt Townsend
2: Show.
3: Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio.
1: BYU Radio.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your life coach and guide on the side. Welcome to the program. And happy Hug Your Boss Day. National Hug Your Boss Day. That's a big hug. Go give your, uh, your boss a big hug. By the way, also um, another day not as popular, but uh, today is also called uh, hu- um, Lazy Mom's Day. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, let me clarify that. Whether you're a lazy mom or just aspire to have a day off and become a lazy mom, Lazy Mom's Day could be right up your alley. Even on Mother's Day, moms across the world cook clean and generally work hard to keep their household functioning. Today is the day when moms are encouraged to relax. Relax, moms. I wouldn't call it Lazy Mom's Day because the minute you say that, no mom really is going to just want to be lazy. Just call it Relax Mom Day. Anyway, a, hey, tribute to all you moms that are working too hard. Today's the day to just kick back. Let's just call it Dad's Day. Oh, that seems so rude we got a great show for you this hour. We're going to be um, talking about uh, social media. We're going to bring in some of our uh, millennials, and we like to bring them in on Fridays. A lot of the producers, in fact, all the producers on the Matt Townsend Show, because we're on BYU campus, they are all fairly young producers, millennials, we call them. And they're here to help us understand what's going on in the social media world. They're going to tell us what's the difference between Twitter, Facebook, like you don't know. But Snapchat, uh, you know, that's all I know. We'll find out from the the millennial experts in social media. They'll be talking to us. Plus, a little bit later, we'll also do a little Matt versus the millennials, a little head-to-head. See if they can stump me, if I can stump them. I'm dying to see what's going to happen there. Then we'll go to BYU Sports Nation, do a little check-in, see what's coming up on their show as they're getting ready closer and closer to BYU's first Uh, Football game against Nebraska. Anyway, all of that going on, but man, some of the headlines we got to get to this. If you if you've been wondering, um, the you know the debate, the next debate's coming up on September sixteenth. But if you, this may explain a lot of what's going on in our world. How about the fact that CNN is going to charge forty times the usual price for their commercial during the debate? Their normal price is five grand. They're going to charge about. 200 grand for a 30-second commercial in the middle of the debate. And we wonder why we keep hearing about Trump all the time on the news. Because if it's driving up their ability to charge more, that's why we're hearing it. Well, no, we just like to bring you the latest and greatest political news. Well, sure you do. But apparently, uh, you also like to make a lot of money. Isn't that a crazy thing? So don't think you're just how could the how could and if this isn't just CNN, Fox, everybody? How can they all just be so objective and just open minded? If you knew you could charge two hundred thousand dollars for a thirty second commercial, there's some serious moolah to be made in this uh, campaign world, right? Anyway, by the way, CNN also going to be asking fifty to sixty thousand dollars for a commercial in the debate. At the kids' table, the lower-ranking candidates that don't make it to the big air, they're still going to be charging fifty to 60000 for those commercials. By the way, interestingly, CNN spokesperson declined to comment on the pricing. Don't want to talk about that. Come on. Um, uh, an- another interesting little ditty or uh, news story for you that I just I got to talk about. You know, we always like to bring you the latest and the greatest in the news. Um, how about – Oh, I can't do that one. uh, We'll save that one for later. Um, Let's do violent baby names. Apparently, people are naming their children more, like, I guess, violent names. Like, and I don't know that I see this as violent, but more names around guns. Like, they might name their kid Magnum or Shooter. Like Respectable respectable names. Bronco has he has a lot of kind of cowboy horse names. Raider, Bronco, um, Cutter you know kind of edgy cool names but today apparently more and more people are going with these, these, these kind of gun related names Trigger, Shooter, Caliber Magnum and Pistol to name a few. Some also like the manufacturer names Remington, Browning Wesson. So, Ben, what would you, heaven forbid, that you have a kid someday. I mean, you will, but not ne- not yet. But when you have a child, what are you going to name your child?
1: Well, I actually found one on, like, is it Nameberry? Like the, the big name site? Okay, yeah, yeah. But I, I got to look the, the um, pronunciation up real quick. So just a minute.
2: Okay, okay. So... You're looking up the pronunciation of the what you're going to name your kid.
1: Yeah, (laughs) it's yeah. Just a minute. Is it hard to say? Okay, I I got it. Okay. So, I would name my kid. Let's see. Still. It's really hard to pronounce. I know it's horrible. (laughs) Waston.
2: You're going to name him what? Waston. How do you spell
1: that? <laughs> I was just going like, to bring my iPhone See, with me everywhere I go and then just no. play it. You
2: know what, man? <laughs> this is why certain people shouldn't have children. <laughs> you can't name your kid that. You know what I'd name your kid? I'd name her um, Sabre, Arrow, or <laughs> Kali. Kali's a powerful Hindu goddess. Okay. Name her that. Some moms and dads are also turning to Hollywood for inspiration. Rocky, Rambo, Clint, Sylvester. Different names, folks. That's messed up. It's so messed up. Yeah, don't name. You know what, Ben? Before you name your kid, call me. I'll, I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you. And it'll be so easy to pronounce. That would
1: be the most unique name.
2: I know, but you'll A, you'll probably get your child shot. <laughs>
1: No, just like if someone if someone have... tries to break into our house, I'll just be like, "Hey, <laughs> but
2: but you can't have you can't he couldn't go he couldn't go to school. You can't have guns in school." Sorry. Homeschool. <laughs> Anywho, uh let's get to the real news, folks. Let's go uh, find out what Kathy Aiken has got in the weekend review.
0: Good morning everyone. Shannon Miles was arraigned on capital murder charges Monday. Miles was charged in the death of Texas Deputy Darren Goforth, allegedly shooting him 15 times at a gas station. Here's Harris County Sheriff Ron Hickman.
2: We've heard black lives matter. All lives matter. Well, cops lives matter too. So why don't we just drop the qualifier and just say lives matter.
0: Miles is being held without bond. President Obama arrived in Alaska on Monday to speak on the impact of climate change. The trip was the first by a sitting president. Speaking of Alaska, the president had the name of Mount McKinley changed to Denali. That made Alaska natives happy but angered Ohio lawmakers. McKinley, the 25th president, was from Ohio. A manhunt was underway Wednesday after Charles Glenowitz was shot and killed while pursuing three suspects in northern Chicago. Here's Fox Lake Mayor Donnie Schmidt.
3: Not only did Fox Lake lose a family member, I lost a very dear friend. Understandably, our officers are having a very difficult day today.
0: This was the fourth police death in eight days. A new poll early this week showed Bernie Sanders gaining ground on Hillary Clinton. Clinton's lead on Sanders is now just seven percentage points. Another poll showed Ben Carson in a tie with Donald Trump on the GOP side. The next GOP debate is set for the 16th at the Reagan Library. Make it Tom Brady 1, the NFL 0. Brady won his appeal of a four-game suspension handed out by NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell and will play in the Patriots' season opener next Thursday. Judge Richard Berman said Goodell went too far in suspending Brady four games for deflate KENTUCKY COUNTY CLERK KIM DAVIS REFUSED TO ORDER SAME-SEX MARRIAGE LICENSES ON TUESDAY DESPITE AN ORDER FROM THE SUPREME COURT TO DO SO. WE ARE NOT ISSUING MARRIAGE LICENSES TODAY. So BASED I ON would, WHAT?
5: I WOULD ASK YOU ALL Why TO WHY ARE YOU NOT ISSUING MARRIAGE
4: LICENSES TODAY? UNDER Why? whose authority, Who's are authority? AUTHORITY ARE YOU NOT ISSUING under LICENSES? UNDER GOD'S
5: AUTHORITY. authority. So right. I'M <laughs> ASKING YOU TO LEAVE.
4: I'M NOT LEAVING. Okay. WE'RE NOT LEAVING then UNTIL you're WE have, HAVE A long long
0: DAVIS WAS IN COURT YESTERDAY AFTER REFUSING TO ISSUE THE LICENSES THROUGHOUT THE WEEK. President Obama secured that his Iran nuclear deal will pass after Maryland Democratic Senator Barbara Mikulski said she'll vote for the accord. Thirty-four senators are needed to back an Obama veto. Over 7,000 emails from Hillary Clinton's private email server were released by the State Department earlier this week. Over 100 of those are now considered classified. But Clinton says none were classified when they were sent. Here's Clinton on the email issue. It clearly wasn't the best choice. I should have used two emails, one personal, one uh, for work, um, and I take responsibility for that decision. Yesterday, a hacker said he has thousands of Clinton's emails and is reportedly selling them for $500,000. Wes Craven, the man best known for Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream movies, died from brain cancer. He was 76 years old. And self-help guru Dr. Wayne Dyer also passed away. He was 75. Taylor Swift was the big winner at the MTV Video Music Awards. She took home four awards, including Top Video of the Year. Swift was also reunited on stage with Kanye West, who snatched the microphone from her six years ago. West also made this announcement while on stage.
5: And yes, as you probably could have guessed by this moment, I have decided in 2020 to run for president.
0: No word yet on a running mate. August will go down as the Dow's worst month in five years. The Dow closed out the biggest monthly percentage drop since May of 2010. U.S. oil prices, meanwhile, inched back to nearly $50 a barrel. One Marine was killed and nine others injured Wednesday night when their helicopter made a hard landing. It was during a training exercise at Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. And a Baltimore judge refused to dismiss charges against six police officers who were accused in the death of Freddie Gray. During the pretrial hearing, Circuit Court Judge Barry Williams denied a defense motion for the charges to be dropped. Ray died while in police custody back in April. With The Week in Review, I'm Kathy Yakin.
2: Thank you very much, Kathy. Well done, as usual. A crazy week. And thank heavens, Kanye will be running in 2020. <sighs> Feels so much better. We're going to take a break, my friends. Uh, when we come back, we are going to have a special visitor, actually, two special visitors, guests from my producers' cage we've let out some producers and they're going to be um helping us answer two questions well one is let's the social media world what really do we need to worry about and uh, what tools should we what should we be using and then we're gonna have a little competition matt versus the millennials up next folks stick with us this is the matt townsend show we'll be right back
3: Social.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Beautiful, beautiful song, Let's Get Social, sung by Kaylee Danes and Liz Miller, <laughs> two of our great producers here on the Matt Townsend Show.
7: You said my name There's
8: right. There's Kaylee
2: one more time. Yeah. I'm
7: the backup in the audience. Yeah, you're really good. You've got a very
2: deep voice. Yeah. So So true. Beautiful song, beautiful rendition. Joining us, Liz Miller uh, uh, and Carly... Danes.
8: There it is. There it
2: is. Two of our producers on the show, these wonderful people find every guest that we have. They track them down. Liz actually researches them, reads about them, talks about them, writes everything about them. And Kaylee shows up (laughs) to work and makes us all laugh.
8: I wore your favorite outfit today.
2: Uh, Kaylee is wearing her (laughs) Ted Kaczynski sweatshirt. Yep. Um, many say, "Man, you look like Ted Kaczynski when you wear that." Some of you, are, many when, being when I you. said you look, I told you once, you look like Ted Kaczynski, and you're like, "Who?"
8: No, I knew who he was. No, you didn't. Yes, I did.
2: I said the Unabomber,
8: and then I knew who he was.
2: Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you don't know the guy's first name, so we're I do we're, now. Now you know social media. I wanted to bring in these young these young kids. They're oh. twenty. They're let's just give a range. 20, probably four to 28 year olds. <laughs> That's a range.
7: Yep. Yeah. It's,
8: I it's just, a fun range. I wanted to hit the range. So is 70 to 90.
2: Okay. Anyway, uh, I wanted to ask him about social media because I, I feel like I'm not quite up to speed, even though I'm really advanced, quite honestly.
7: Yeah. I, t- I
2: tweet. Hmm. I Facebook, hmm. I Instagram. I'm killing it. So I
8: believe Terry tweets for you. Your assistant Instagrams for you.
2: My wife Instagrams. for Your me.
8: wife Instagrams you for you. Okay.
2: And my wife does all my my Facebook. You know why? Because I don't. I don't need it. I'm I'm too busy. You're too busy to yeah. do all this. But you're above that. you guys don't even use you guys. I know. Like every time I go over to your desk, you're on Snapchat. No. Snapchatting some dude. I'm not. <laughs> but explain explain to the listeners what is the difference, really? Why would you choose Snapchat all the time, <laughs> and why do I prefer something more credible, a Facebook, a Twitter, <laughs> something that's? Why do you choose that?
8: Um, well, I I don't, but others choose Snapchat. I suppose.
2: OK. So hypothetically, others, Cleo says, choose Snapchat. Liz, yeah. what is the difference between the social media options? What? I mean, I know you're Liz. You're on Tinder all the time.
7: Yeah, explain Tinder. Swipe up for, uh, my, for. See, some people sorry, out there, the other day. some no. in
2: listener land don't know what Tinder is. Explain Tinder and then you'll explain. Okay. Cleo will explain Snapchat.
7: We really should get Mike on for this. He has a testimony of Tinder. Yeah. So um, as I understand it, Mm -hmm. Tinder is a social media application, probably also a website. They have a fantastic intro video that sells a relationship. Do they really? Yeah, they do. It's really well done. I didn't know they had a website. Probably unattainable. But (laughs) um, I think what happens is you post a few facts about yourself, or like five pictures, and then people in your like geographical area can see your picture and then swipe right so swipe right if they think right if they think you're attractive and then swipe left if they want to skip you
2: but that seems shallow
7: it does seem shallow
2: but then why ben (laughs) Wazden? no you don't have a microphone but ben's on it all day long
7: Mm. oh come on there
2: he is that's all he can say Okay, so Tinder's, I guess, for the young, uh, youngish millennial dating more shallow.
7: It's more for like networking. Okay, so I if you have, I thought like, it was for dating. Okay, Mike says it's for networking. Everybody else says it's for dating. I is think that, it's
2: shallow. I don't know.
7: I use eighty six. I use, I use I think
2: it's shallow. it is shallow. I I use LinkedIn. I'm assuming it's not the same type of thing.
7: There is a hidden LinkedIn Tinder Connection. Easter egg there. Yeah, I think so.
2: Holy cow. So <laughs> so. Um, so what's the difference that, and what's Snapchat? So all these parents, uh, Corey, all these parents <laughs> are wondering what is Snapchat because they worry that Snapchat is scary or dangerous.
8: Yeah, so Snapchat is also an app, but it's kind of just an instant messaging type of thing you take a photo a selfie or something around you and you send it to your friends Mm -hmm. and it disappears within disappears quotations within like seven seconds
2: why why would you want your message to disappear why would you not want it to linger for a long time
7: um i don't i don't know (laughs) i think it actually saves memory space on your phone that too
2: okay so it's memory space and i guess if you didn't want people to see what you were chatting or messages or pictures That's you were sending, point. Yes. it would disappear, which is why you like it. You said yesterday because of ease of use. Hillary Clinton has a Snapchat and she made the big comment that, you know, because things disappear instantly. <laughs>
8: right. <laughs> yeah, so you send it to your friends. Okay. You get in kind of just, you snap each other back and forth. That's There's cool. something called a story. So you upload. Different videos or pictures that you take throughout the day, and it's like your story of the day, and people can watch. And it's mm. kind of this instant feed, like video feed of. But then what's it, then, going on? Then
2: it like disappears.
8: Yeah, eventually the story stays for a while, but
2: um, I'm really big on Pinterest. Okay, I like to pin stuff and create a false world. That I is can your live wedding in. planned? Yes, I'm already married. But my – yeah, I was going to – if I were going to renew my vows, I have, a, I have a renew vow.
8: Oh, <laughs> is that a nice. secret board it's, that your wife can't see? Yeah, it's a secret board. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you guys are so rude. Any, any, other, um, any other social media things we need to know?
8: Twitter is a huge one for me. That's Why? probably the one I'm always Why on. do you
2: choose Twitter? Twitter's hard for me because it's a different language. Uh, Hashtag uh, this uh, yeah. at – Okay. Ampersand slash That's because of hash. they
8: limit your, your characters, yeah. so you kind of have to simplify things. But I like just – it's super quick and clean. You don't get distracted by a lot of things that Facebook mm-hmm. has, and I use it for lots of news sites. At Other Dr. People, Matt
2: Show. I know you use Follow Us regularly. I do. I
8: favorite and retweet all of that. Every day. But it, we we taught my mom how to use Twitter. Did you? Yeah. It didn't really work, but she now – Uses the jargon, I guess. After someone in my family says something clever or funny, she goes, I'd retweet that. Oh, really? And she goes, RT. <laughs> and so she's,
2: R-T, she's really RT, retweet. Hip.
8: Shout out to my mom. Hey,
2: um, what about Periscope? Because this is something I want to introduce on the show. I know a lot about it. I'm wondering if my young millennials do.
7: Tell us then.
8: No, i,
2: I just actually checking with my young millennials. I
7: heard about it.
2: Periscope?
7: I think Terry, our adopted millennial, uses it. Yeah. As I understand it, it's kind of you can... You can film I, I've officially <laughs> what stumped you're the seeing. millennials
2: because they don't know much about Periscope. It's yeah. a video. You can video, you can sh- use a vi- take a video and other people can come in and watch your video that you're you're making at the time. Mm-hmm. And then people I think and archive it for a little tiny yeah, bit. Yeah,
8: so what videos do you want to make?
2: We're going to do the show on Periscope. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
8: Like in the booth? So that means I'll have to not dress like Ted Kaczynski.
2: No, no, Star. no. Not unless you want to be arrested. <laughs> um, Periscope, <laughs> by the way, what is it? what is a real Periscope?
7: Is that like is that? it's on a submarine? <laughs> this is so fun. <laughs> I was gonna say like something. It's a on year. a submarine. It is Or on like a as a kid, you can make your own. Like they were toys you play with. Yeah. So it's um, they use mirrors so that you can see higher than where you're actually at. Very good. You look into a little scope at the is bottom. Is that, that like the, the That's shapes, Liz Miller. Colors. That's a kaleidoscope. <laughs> Kaleidoscope's different. <laughs> but you yeah. could probably do a kaleidoscope <laughs> with a periscope.
2: Good job, Kanye. Um, <laughs> not even close. Ugh, it's science. fun to have the millennials in here because it's like you know. It's like when you have a little laser pointer (laughs) and a cat. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. You guys are great. Uh, I I guess that's it. Um, Oh, one more thing. Um, MySpace account. Yeah. You guys up on that?
7: No. Mm -hmm. It's huge.
8: I have
2: a huge following on MySpace.
7: (laughs) You should feel really great about that. Yeah.
2: And can you answer me one more question? Why is it that I put a lot of ads out on Craigslist? (laughs) (laughs) Cause that's huge It used to be huge And I'm just finding out That there's just A lot of creepy people there Yeah It's a truck Has that changed?
8: I think all the people That were on Craigslist Being creepy Are now on Tinder I think that's the, Kind of how the shift oh. went
2: Okay Okay So I guess we're seeing The that parallels Craigslist the goes to Tinder I've
7: seen on Tinder mm-hmm. And <laughs> other various objects it's
2: Oh millennials cute. See You guys are so fun We're gonna take a break We're gonna come back And you're going We're gonna go head to head I want you to see If you can I guess Stump me Is that what you're gonna Try to do? I mean, it's hard. We'll just see
8: how it goes. They don't know what they're going to do.
2: They're going to just surprise me, see if they can do that.
8: We're just being free.
2: Well, and we appreciate free. that, Cleo. Uh, again, Liz Miller, Cleo Danes <laughs> joining us, two of our great producers. We'll be right back, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. When we come back, Matt versus Millennials.
4: It's now time for Matt vs. the Millennials.
2: We the Millennials, bro. On BYU Radio. <laughs> Welcome back. Matt vs. the Millennials. That was Liz Miller saying, we the Millennials, bro.
7: <laughs> Again, my sultry voice.
2: <laughs> Joined by Liz Miller and Cleo Danes. Two of our great producers here are on the show.
8: Hello. Hello. Hello.
2: So uh, when we do Matt versus the Millennials, usually uh, it's a competition where we try to stump each other some way, shape, or form, but you guys tell me what we're doing.
8: Um, We just kind of just want to talk about the idea of millennials being very individual people.
2: Mm, Nah, let's not do that. Okay. No. Okay.
8: (laughs) (laughs) Awkward. All right.
2: (laughs) What what do you mean, millennials being Um, individuals?
8: So just this idea that um, generations pass kind of the idea of adulthood's reached when you are married and you have kids and you have yes. a stable job yes. and, and now that's not so much the case. Huh? Adulthood is people are getting married a lot later in life and it you have more of a chance to become who you are separate to But aren't you an that.
2: adult? So you're just not an adult while you're you're just waiting to be an adult.
8: Right now? <laughs>
7: No, so we think that, like, <laughs> adulthood is reached more when you are financially independent, um, oh. when you're self-reliant and responsible for yourself.
2: That's, a good, that's good.
7: And and that, so it's less family-oriented, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Like, and also with that, there's kind of less of a specific career track that people follow anyhow. So it kind of makes sense that, like, getting right. your first job mm-hmm. doesn't really pin See, it down as a, an adult In anymore.
2: the 50s, adulthood was when you went to war. Mm-hmm. And now you're saying it's when you – now you just financially support yourself.
7: Yeah. and
8: That's
2: true. Right? I think – Things are changing. Yeah. We're, we're taking not a going lot more to time like that.
8: to find ourselves and be our own people rather we than – We the
4: millennials, bro. This is a new mentality.
2: Thank you, President – that's President Kanye West. <laughs> yep. Soon to be the millennials' choice for president of the United States.
8: <laughs> Cringing yeah. just a little
2: bit. Isn't that crazy? Are you guys going to vote for Kanye?
8: Probably. Hopefully I'll have to think about it.
2: <laughs> Do, please. For the rest of us, the other generations, I'm an ex-gen, speaking for ex-gens, baby boomers, and Adam and Eve gen. <laughs> please think about it. Please. Okay. Uh, Cleo, what, yes. when you say – See, some would say maturity or uh, adulthood is when your brain has reached full – capacity and and your prefrontal lobes are now fully formed and you're healthy, they say that's anywhere from 25 to 30. So Mm -hmm. maybe we ought to really go just by brain function.
7: Okay. I think by like those statistics, females, their brains fully develop a lot faster than males. So we have a lot of adult females walking around. Well, totally.
2: (laughs) Just go on the campus. They're everywhere.
7: a lot of cougar dating going on then.
2: Is you guys, do you, does it bug you to have people call you millennials?
8: Um, I said it last time, no, not really because I think...
2: But you are a millennial. Yeah. And we know that millennials, kind of lazy.
8: Super lazy. I just threw that out.
2: You don't have to agree with that but the people think you guys don't care about anything except you're really caring.
8: Yeah, it's <laughs> such a...
2: They say I you're going to really live, live in our basement except you want to be independent <laughs> <laughs> but you do you buy all that, or do you really feel like we're different? We're I, not.
8: I do think that there is this big movement of being an individual, not being like anybody else, and completely being your own person and finding that who it, out who that is before you move on with the next stage of life, being marriage or kids.
7: Yeah, I think that this generation also sees a lot of divorce within their families. They see a lot of instability, a lot of problems with. Drugs with education, and they're just becoming more aware, so they're less willing to jump into something really quickly and irresponsibly. Not that it was irresponsible Uh, before, but they want to be very conscientious about the choices that they're making and be stable.
2: Well, totally. 40% of millennials like the label Millennial, 58% of Gen Xers like our label, 79% of baby boomers. Do you guys know what the actual generation is older than baby boomer?
7: It's like the forgotten generation. It's the
2: 70 to 87 year olds. Huh? They call them the the silent generation.
7: Like
2: we've got we've got a clip right here from the silent generation. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's good. And okay. we appreciate that. Moving. Moving, moving right along. Um, I don't believe that you guys are all one big Glob of millennial goo. Yeah, I think I think, I think
8: that's kind of the point of the millennials is there are a lot of different subgroups within it.
2: I think you're a bunch of globs of different globules.
8: We
7: grew up just on flubbers, so. Being their own person. That's appropriate, yeah.
2: Um. So when are we going to compete? Matt <laughs> <laughs> versus millennials. I want to compete. I want to okay. compete right. with you guys on something here. Hmm. It
7: was
2: just... I mean, you're the producer, so what? Just, just, let's just see when
8: we did it with Kathy, she didn't make us compete with her. It was all very friendly and, and nice, and I think
7: I there we was got a used rainbow to that. Yeah. Um. Let's see, though.
2: Matt, it's Matt versus millennials.
7: We can name obscure indie bands. Okay. All right. Do you want to start us off? Oh yeah.
2: I, I, <laughs> I don't know any. I don't know any indie bands. I'm too busy reading literature, fine literature, watching the arts.
7: Okay, so maybe, maybe, maybe we do this. <laughs> yeah. You name an indie band, then I'll name an indie band, then you name one, and we'll just go back and forth as long as we can.
2: Okay, give me Or one. you
7: can name a great work of literature. <laughs> oh, so without no, Googling.
2: I got it, I got, it. You're, no, I got um, it, I got 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 it. Okay, go ahead. Um, my, some of my favorite indie bands. All right. Uh, have you ever heard of 764 Hero? <laughs>
7: <laughs> I don't think I have. Have you heard of what? Iron and Wine? Yes. We, we've Excellent. seen one of their songs.
2: Do you want me to sing one? Yeah, yeah. let's hear it. Okay, one minute. <laughs> um, well, my favorite Sam Beam. Oh, is an Iron and Wine singer. I guess what we're going to call him recording artist. But I think one of my favorite songs is "The Creek Drank the Cradle." <laughs> or our endless...
8: As the butter
7: turns.
2: Numbered mm, days. That's a good one. Uh, so you didn't know mine. Um, I guess I knew yours. Let's oh, do another yes. one. Another right. one, my favorite. Have you ever heard of um, I Love You, But I've Chosen Darkness?
7: Is that a band? Yes. Oh, I don't think I have. Kaylee, have you?
2: It's, it's I believe more...
7: they're from Austin, Texas, actually.
2: Yeah, they are. I lot. that. Yeah, it's a gothic rock band.
7: Yeah. Is that necessarily indie?
2: Yeah, that's totally Indian. Oh, okay. Have you guys ever heard of the jungle giants?
7: Hmm. From
8: Australia?
2: No. Okay. The ones from Queens. Oh. Queensland. <laughs> have you guys ever heard of uh, Ket Carr?
8: Geography is next week.
2: See, again, you guys, let me just teach you a secret. When we play Matt versus the Millennials, you have to really try to trick me. Okay. But what, you're, what you do – and this is a problem millennials have. You think because we're old and because I have plantar, you think that above my neck, you think it's old and dusty. But no. It's a fine-tuned machine. All right. Then why don't you come
7: up with a competition? Yeah.
2: Well, actually, that's what producers are for. <laughs> anyway. You guys. Maybe the next
7: time we'll do karaoke. You could sing one of these songs for us. I'll do it.
2: Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of the House Martins? Great group. Kaylee's helping. You want to sing I'll, it for I'll us? It. No, we we can't sing because we have rights. We have audio rights. We have to pay for um, so.
7: When you sing it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, then we have lawsuits. <laughs> 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 because we've yeah, defamed. Anyway, um, boy, a great segment, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
7: I think you kind of slaughtered us on our impromptu. I appreciate Liz
2: Miller. Appreciate you coming, uh, and Clora, Clora Danes. Appreciate you being here.
8: Thank you. Thanks for just letting me.
2: You guys keep up the great work. We will talk about this segment though in our next meeting. <laughs> if uh, Terry would make a note of that, let's work on millennials versus math good times we're gonna take a break folks when we come back we're gonna be visiting our good buddies down at BYU Sports Nation Spencer and Jerem, checking in on uh, BYU they're closing in on that Nebraska game I want to find out what they think of the Michigan-Utah game because BYU has to play Michigan Michigan looks tough tough we'll be right back folks this is the Matt Townsend Show Sad song and make it better. Remember to Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Then you can We're going to shoot it down to our buddies at uh, BYU Sports it Nation. It They're better. down at BYU Bookstore. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, Matthew. What we meet again. How are you doing, boys?
4: Well, it's a Friday, and it's Game
2: Day Eve. I know. You excited? Uh, let's,
9: let's, just yeah. say that, let's just say this. We've been doing the countdown to the Corn Huskers for days. 250 plus days.
2: Okay, That is a big deal. Every
9: stinking day. Yeah. Okay? Today we celebrate. Today we celebrate, so make sure you watch the be- at least the beginning of the show to see how we celebrate.
2: I, I watch every sh- show all day.
9: Not true, but sounds great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you, you're not going to tell us how you're going to celebrate, but everybody at the top of the hour should be paying attention.
9: Yes. Fact. <laughs> Ideally for the whole hour, but yeah, well, at of least course. pay attention the first oh, few minutes. For We're sure.
2: Hey, um, one thing. It's going to be a mess. I wanted to ask you, uh, did you guys watch the Michigan-Utah game last night? Of course we watched the Michigan-Utah game. What did yeah, you think watched, of like, Michigan? Holy Hannah, they're tough.
4: I was, I was more impressed with them than I thought. They I, are physical. Yeah. They seem pretty disciplined. Three Fast. interceptions did them in. Yeah, yeah they, they did.
9: Rushed. If they had a quarterback, they win that game yesterday. Jake Rudock threw five interceptions as a starter at Iowa last year. He threw three last night.
2: How do you think BYU will hold up uh, with the speed?
4: I think BYU is going to be fine that way. I, BYU matches up against Big Ten teams well. Smash mouth style football. Yeah. So I think BYU will be just fine in that regard.
2: Cool. Cool. I, uh, I thought about you the whole game. I just kept... another lie, but thank you. <laughs> no, I really did. I kept thinking how bad Jerem would hate me for knowing I was watching this game and cheering, not <laughs> cheer, what, were and, you and cheering, and
4: supporting. Utah, you cheering I was Utah?
2: supporting for I was supporting fellow Utah's. I, I happen we to know a player that. on the team. We can't have that or two. I know. No. I know. But we can't have it. I know. But he, you know, as,
9: as an American,
2: that's fine. As a BYU fan, that's not fine. It's not fine. I understand. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Hey guys, you're doing your show today. What are you talking about?
4: Well, one, like you said, we are live from the BYU store. It is game day eve, so what are the top three storylines that every BYU fan needs to know and pay attention to as we head into kickoff against the Cornhuskers? We will discuss that. We also have an NFL four-time Pro Bowler, College Football Hall of Famer, a guy who's going to be on the call tomorrow for ESPN, Chris Spielman, joins us live on the show.
9: And Nebraska announced their five suspensions. We'll tell you who the notables are among those guys and what impact that will have in the game. BYU has not announced their suspensions, nor should they. Yeah. Why, why do you need to announce? Yeah. They plan on announcing it after the game, so it
2: will be obvious who does not play tomorrow. <laughs> okay, well, it's going to be a good day. I can hardly wait. You guys are awesome. Have fun, at the, have fun at the store there.
9: Oh, we always do. This is like a second home for us. We'll pick you up
2: something. Pick me up some fudge. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Stay, have up, a great, stay sweet. Have a great show. Stay sweet. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> they um they're out there. It's hot. It's I hope I didn't ask it, but I wonder if they're outside. Because it's warm. Hmm, that'll melt the fudge right there. Hey, uh, great uh show today. We've touched so many different topics from internet safety to humanitarian uh work and having the heart of a humanitarian to millennial, you know, life. But as we wrap it up, let's just go through a few more headlines. We we've got to get to this story. Um a man saves his wife and his child from a house fire. Check this out. The man claimed that he didn't want to let his food burn. <laughs> okay, this is a bizarre story. Man rescued his wife and child from a burning building. Ran, ran in, saved his wife, saved his child, got him out. Then he went and grabbed a huge slab of his ribs that he was cooking, and he went back in to get the ribs. You always go back in to get the ribs. Man, that's a loud chewer. Can you not find a quiet chewer? I guess but if you're eating ribs and you're running out of a fire, you're probably going to chew it pretty hard. But after dealing with his family and helping them to safety, Mr. Wright admitted his thoughts turned back to his food. Mr. Wright from California told KMPH, Fox 26, the only thing I think first is make sure them ribs is right. (laughs) And he ran over and got my family... He said, I got my wife and my kid first. Then I thought about my ribs. I didn't want to let the ribs burn. I take pride in what I do, Mr. Wright said, when the fire broke out at 3 a.m. In 3 a.m., by the way, let's just notice that. At 3 a.m., the fire broke out. He was making ribs. <laughs> he is a serious rib connoisseur.
1: He just earned another man card.
2: That dude, bing, man card. Give him a man card. Now, I wonder if the fire started because of him, but that doesn't say anything about that. Um, Anyway, crazy, crazy story there. Another one that we got to get to is this um, angry uh, Chinese blockade. You may have heard of this. An angry Chinese man blockades a car dealer with his Batmobile. The, the guy bought a really expensive Land Rover and about five days later the thing overheated, caught on fire, and this man was furious at his dealership who refused to compensate him for that Land Rover. It just spontaneously combusted. You can't blame us. So this really rich guy owns a Batmobile along with a Bentley and a bunch of a Rolls Royce and a Lamborghini and all these cars. And he went, took all of his cars down. And he blockaded the dealership. He blocked the the entrance, I guess, so nobody could get in. And he had a standoff. The self-made millionaire, Yu is his name. You know, by the way, the Batmobile he parked was worth $1.5 million. But this guy was ticked because he was going to buy the Land Rover and sell it to one of his customers. This Yu happens to be a car dealer himself. So he knows the way you crush another car dealer, you crush them. The way you do it is you you blockade them. Well, eventually, after several uh, hours of a standoff, the police were called and you was forced to remove the several million dollars worth of cars from the premise. By the way, he still hasn't received a refund. So you can be as cool as you want. You can pull up in the Batmobile, whatever Doesn't mean you get what. Doesn't mean you get your way, right? It's still, it is what it is. Um, Interesting uh, news when you think about it. Uh, A guy in San Francisco Bay Area won one million dollars in the lottery after buying a winning ticket with the money that he found at the airport. Yeah, I don't think the Mormon Tabernacle Choir would sing over a lottery win. I'm not sure. Just I think they would just say, you know, there's better ways to make money. I don't know. Maybe they would. Let's let's just go with it. Hubert Tang had bought had not bought a lottery ticket in ten years, but when he found twenty bucks on the street outside of San Francisco airport, he decided to go buy two scratch off tickets at the market in Millbrae, California and uh By golly, the dude won a $1 million top prize. He said, I scratched the ticket outside the store. I told my friend who I was with that I didn't know if it was real, but uh, I think I just won a million dollars. I don't know if this is real, but I do think I won a million dollars. It's got to be a miracle. Tang said in a statement that he uh, also has a second chance to win up to $25,000 for the other ticket he purchased that was not a winner. He still Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. lottery officials said the store will receive five thousand dollar bonus for selling the winning ticket and somebody i mean it's his lucky day he found 20 bucks he won a million and he still might win another 25 grand Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. thank you ben you don't have another button you don't have another button to push?
1: That one seemed the most appropriate. What
2: there's no samurai there's no samurai moment?
1: Well, like I, I'm very specific in like the sounds I choose, Matt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: Were you specific right there? was that called specific? I slipped. Okay. I was wondering when you'd get that back in here. Um, we always like to end the show on a hero story. And we got another great one today. After being called on a robbery report, this officer, Mark Engerval, showed kindness and changed the life of one woman and her family. A Roland Park police officer reached into his own pocket to help a mother of six who'd been caught stealing last week. Officer Mark Engerval was called to a Walmart in response to a shoplifter when Angravel arrived at Walmart, he found Sarah Robinson, along with her six children, in the parking lot. Three of her children were barefoot. Angravel realized the $300 in stolen merchandise contained diapers, children's shoes, and baby wipes. Robinson told Engravel she was homeless, and she and her girls were living outside in the car. And On occasion, they'd rent a room uh, in a stranger's house in Kansas City, Kansas. She wept as she explained her story. Robinson's husband had died a few years back in an accidental drowning. Engerville, the officer, looked down at the girls' feet and noticed that they were dirty. He immediately rushed into the Walmart, picking up the diapers and the wipes. He sent Robinson's 16-year-old daughter to pick out shoes for her sisters. After the story went public, the Roland Park Police Department received more than $6,000 in donations for the Robinsons and her family. Pretty cool story, huh? One cop making a difference in the life of a family. And I think that's what we've learned uh, on the show uh, today. And really, through the whole week, what our goal is, is to motivate you, to help you see that there's good in the world. There's a lot of amazing uh, things. And a lot of times we give a lot of attention, too much attention maybe, to the loudest among us, to the noisiest, to the craziest But in the end, sometimes it's the quiet, subtle, uh, just honest, good, decent people that we don't look at enough. Uh, To me, the mere fact that to highlight a hero is such a profound, dramatic story might be telling us that we're not necessarily focusing enough on what's important. What if every day the heroes around us were the majority of the stories we were able to tell? By the way, one of the goals of the show, too, is to help you figure out how you can change the world, how you can be the best person you can be. Stick with us every Monday through Friday. It's a fairly basic goal we have to be here for you, to help you live longer, love stronger. You can find us. If you uh, want to go back to some of the older shows, you can find us on podcast. You can go check out some of the other content uh, by going to iTunes, Tune in. You can go to byuradio.org and look us up. Until then, folks, uh, we'll be back. Actually, not Monday. Monday will be a replay because of uh, the great holiday, Labor Day. But uh, Tuesday, we'll be back again, helping you see the good in the world. And until then, take care of uh, the people you love. Hold them tight and make it a great one.